0: hello hello, and welcome back to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast today i have laura brennan ballet and don't you love that last name and um fun fact i i danced ballet till i was 16 i think and so um I I was very partial to the the last name of my next guest. Um, Laura is driven by the life force that circulates within all universal connectivity. Her passion and ability to see how energy is in everything guides her empowering message forward. Laura's life transformational book, The Science of Empowerment, which is what we're going to be talking more about today, uh, reflects ahead to the reader and their brilliance, their higher understanding of human potential, and their commitment to investing and exploring positive intelligence. Applying the J3 equals E formula, Laura has coached over 3,000 hours and guided her clients into a lasting state of elevation. Laura does not tell you who to be. She expands your awareness of who you are and who you choose to become. Please welcome Laura Brennan Valet to the podcast. Thank you for being here i love that we were both ballerinas at some point in our life yeah i've been da- i was dancing since i was like pre-k and then i did tap a little bit but more mainly point and then just traditional ballet and then i had to choose between soccer and ballet and i am a five foot one so that was just not my calling uh when i had to choose and i decided to try and get into soccer for sports and um for, for college. So I had to oh. choose, um, I did dance for quite a while and, uh, you know, I'm not six feet tall, so it just, wasn't gonna work out for me. I love dancing,
1: especially ballet. I, I still, um, it's funny if I'm in a room or at a party or gathering and there's a chiropractor in the room, he'll, they know immediately that I danced because there's still a poise and a way that I hold my body from all those years. of. Yeah. The dancing structure. So I think it was really good. It gave me um, an awareness to the kind of the body and mind and what I call conscious connection, like how we move in our body. Um, and I still carry that with me um, way yeah. down the road yeah.
0: here. It's really good. Yeah. For posture. And you just remember, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it carries through for sure. Um, well, before we jump in, let's um, do our icebreaker, which is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: Yes, so I have a really cool cookie-related story. My favorite cookie, old-school chocolate chip, but I like dark chocolate chips in mine, and I like lots of vanilla. So I love a good chocolate chip cookie. I don't buy store-bought, always homemade. And one of my favorite stories is my mom has passed down a candy cookie brittle mixture and it's become tradition for decades I make it for everyone people want me to like quit my day job and go make this and sell it and I'm not kidding but I'm not doing that it is fabulous and it's brown sugar and butter and it's just chocolate and yum so I love cooking it. I love baking it. Um, but I keep it only for the holiday season and we celebrate Christmas. So it's a once a year, uh, celebration, but it's, it's the bomb, but chocolate chip cookies. I love them. Sounds so good. it got me hungry. I know <laughs> I love this stuff. My kids still have some in the freezer.
0: Oh, I bet you'd probably freeze and keep it all year since you make only,
1: I make it for one of um, our very dear friends, Dr. Roy. Um, what well, can you get a doctor, right? They have everything, whatever he needs, he just buys. And I bring him a huge tin every year uh, and he loves it. And nobody in the house can touch it. He hides it in a downstairs freezer and he'll, he'll have his last piece at our yearly Christmas party. And he, it's like his favorite thing. So it's really oh, cool, it's yummy. Yep,
0: yeah. over Christmas and get some. Uh, yeah, I'll send you some. <laughs> so um, we're talking about your book, the, uh, science of empowerment Mm -hmm. and tell the listeners a little bit more about your background. And then we also, um, the J three equals E formula, like that's going to be very interesting. So tell us a little bit more about what your background is in this book. Um, yeah,
1: Yeah. well, when I was 14 years old, my mom and I would talk about this on a weekly basis. We still remember And this may sound a bit poetic, but we remember the way the sun was like coming in through the living room and where I was sitting. And I told her that one day I was going to write a book to empower like the global family. And she was super cool. She was like, all right, great. You know, you're 14, big dreams. So I've always had it in me to want to put this language that has been inside of me out into a book. Because everywhere I've gone in my life since I was pretty much a teenager, you know, if you're traveling with your family on a plane and I would be sitting by myself if, you know, my mom and brother and dad were over there and whoever I sat with, I would end up talking. And even as a young kid, they'd be like, well, you need to go to school for this. You need to write a book on this or you should be writing articles. Back then it was like in Vogue and Glamour. You should take this information and do something with it when you, you know, grow up, be a, a big kid. So I have had this book in me, and finally, I I wrote it, obviously. It took me five years. Um, A lot of work went into it. But the really cool part of it is my brother, Chris Brennan, is a former USA Olympic gymnastics coach, and he has been working mindset material for decades. And he really was the impetus, uh, the spark that created the science of empowerment because he created the J3 equals E formula. And this consists of five principles, three quantum fields of energy, but you don't have to be nerdy and all up in the science field. It's very simple. The principles are applicable. We have a neuromuscular training facility here in Connecticut, and we have six, seven, eight year olds that know the formula and apply the energy. And all the way up into 75 year olds. So it's a very cool formula. I've got parents that apply it with their kids. I've got partners that apply it to each other. It's in corporations. I have pastors. I've got police sergeants reading the book. It's a really unique book in, in the, kind of in the structure of it's deep and it's really sparks like positive intelligence. But if you take all that away and you just look right at the formula, you can use it for so many things in your daily experiences. And it really elevates and enriches um, the way you go through life.
0: So what is the J and the E mean?
1: Yeah. So the J represents Jekyll. J-E-K-L, and that's an acronym for the four people that are most important to my brother in his life, including the HALO, which is on the branding of the word Jekyll, and that's my mom or our mom and dad. So the HALO is my mom and the HALO underneath is my dad. And then the Jekyll stands for the five Jekyll principles. And those are awareness, willingness, accountability, critical thinking, and energy. Now, when you take the five principles and you put them with the three fields of energy, so a quick science lesson, there's only two quantum fields of energy that we know of, right, negative and positive, but we added neutral into the human condition of this formula because most of us cannot move from negative to positive in the snap of a finger, right? Too much emotion, we're too heated, too much chaos, right? Too many cookie crumbs around. So we can't really quite switch it up fast enough. So when you apply the five principles and you move through your power seat of choice, negative, positive, neutral, which one are you? And obviously we want to choose neutral to positive more that equals empowerment, which is the E. So it flows. So you apply those five principles and Single situation and everyone listening just start to do it as we move through the the podcast, like everywhere you go, ask yourself, what am I aware of in this moment, what am I willing to do about it, where's my accountability, which is so important, because then it takes that pattern of blame off, put it onto yourself, puts you more in the seat of control also when you take accountability for things. Not Mm -hmm. saying take accountability for something that you know definitely is not yours, but for the sake of conversation here, right? Critical thinking, take all that emotionality out of it. Take that drive of the ego and the emotion and the dysfunction all out. Think with positive intelligence. Now we move into energy, choose neutral to positive. And when you run that through almost every scenario, It empowers you and you start to become very aware of the patterns and how you keep repeating the same behavior, the same thought and the same outcome. And when you start to work the formula that starts to dissolve very quickly and pretty soon you're just left with, and I'm saying this knowing even my kids all right, positive. I've got it. And they just start to change that behavior around because they realize how foolish it is to stay stuck and connected to something that isn't going to help you grow and expand.
0: Right. And especially with kids. I mean, how old are your children? Well, my girls are big now
1: they're 19 and
0: 22. Mm -hmm. see mine are young and they still sometimes will get stuck. Especially my oldest, he kind of gets stuck. And so trying to get him into the positive mode, because I'm typically a pretty positive person, um, but having three different individuals and trying to, you have to adjust to the way that they communicate and how they you know, filter in information, which is all very different. It, it can look, you know, some can make it a game. Like my youngest, you make it a game, turns it right around. My uh, middle is like, you have to just say a silly word and then she pops right out of it. And then my oldest is more just he's a little bit trickier, um, but trying to just get that going. So this is where I could see where it would be apply very well is like when your kids are having tantrums, like right now I'm doing a sleeping problem where they don't all want to sleep in their rooms and um, trying to think, you know, I've had guests on the podcast in the past, like they're still, you know, we still haven't figured it out yet for Ways to do it without bribing or consequences, without punishment, because it might be something that's a big deal. But on the other hand, it's like, when is too much, too much? And then you get frustrated, but then they feel frustrated. It's a whole big cycle, like you're saying.
1: I always try to tell my girls, you know, this is you, right? You're in the power seat of choice. It's on you. If you want to stay negative, then we're going to have a negative environment. And it's not going to be fun or relaxing. Any of us, but I'm willing to own, be accountable. Geez, did I say something or do something, or or I was I writing you too much on making your bed? Okay, I get that, but then I want you to look at it from my perspective too, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle, and you choose to let that be a positive experience for you. I, my younger one, you know, she's a straight A student. She's brilliant. She's got more depth than most adults I've ever known, but she doesn't like to get up in the morning and make her bed before she goes out. Me, I am a firm believer, right? You make your bed, it sets my mind for my day. I understand what it does. And, you know, she's like, geez, what's the problem? And I had a reminder just today. In a few years, you can live in an environment and never make your bed again once you move out of the house. Mama likes the bed made. It helps me move through my day. Do you think you might be able to understand that a little bit from my perspective? that it helps me out, stay calm, or move through my day a bit more organized. And that matters to me while I'm building all of this other stuff. And then it's not that she always likes it, but it does something to her mind where she realizes it's not just about her. There's two of us talking, two of us expressing. And so I'm like, look, you can be negative about it or you can be positive. Me, I'm good, I'm positive. And then I just leave and then you just leave her with that. So there's different ways to bring in the negative, positive, neutral aspect, especially with your oldest boy, where you can really empower him and let him, you know, feel what it is like. I can choose. I can choose to stay in this behavioral pattern or I can figure out how to do something such as be an example to my younger siblings and how to get along with my mom differently. How to interact with an adult differently, I actually can become leader to my sis, my sister and my brother. I'll just use that as an example. Um, that doesn't mean they'll be accepting of it right away, but when you slowly start to add that into the way that they move through their day, they 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 like being a leader. They like that feeling.
0: And I try not to go so much with him to parentify him at the same time because um they are still kids and they want they don't want to feel like well just because you're the oldest and you have more responsibility because then that parentifies them which is right. you know not great either that happened to me like it was always like it's fine like that's your sister like it's your younger sister just let it be like yeah. be the big one and it for the most part it's an easy thing to say because they know that it's probably going to be more difficult but i'm trying very hard not to do that pattern with them he's very reward driven and and so I usually use that. And then what I found is at least trying to get them to understand like working moms don't want to come home or come out of their office and have more work to do. So if you come home and do XYZ, and I'm telling you guys to put things away or, you know, trying to get on y'all about it, it's because after I work a whole day, I don't want more to do on top of just. Regular everyday parenting, you know, matters. It's like no working mom wants to do that. So trying to help them understand it, just like you guys worked all day at school. Nice. So the last thing y'all are going to want to do is have me give you a bunch more things to do. Nice. So work together, yeah. Crap. and you know, oh, <laughs> yeah. <all> Dory. <laughs> I want to
1: create like a development and do an experiment where the parents or the partnerships have their main house. And then there's these little walkways to pods and the kids can all live in their pods. <laughs> and then oh. there's, all, yeah, wouldn't that be so cool? Cause then you could like kind of walk over this, these beautiful bridges and pathways and you meet in the middle and it's just all peaceful because you know, th- whatever, however they can cook for themselves. I mean, not when they're baby babies, but you know, I, I tell my my kids that all the time. Like, I'm gonna
0: create a pod and just put you in the pod. How fun would that be though to see my five year old just see what his um you know what he thinks is life or how he yes. would just from the perspective of a five year old because it's it's very interesting. Now they've been in play therapy for many years and um I learned a lot that you can hear a lot come through play. And so Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of how they play and the themes and the undertones and also how they speak to each other. You can really dig into like where they're at and knowing and and learning about that. It's very helpful to turn more negative into positive and really work with them and hear them.
1: and a lot of times, too, which is why I originally I wrote the book. I love youth. I'm hopefully, I'm going to be doing a lot of speaking engagements this summer at youth camps because for me, well, they're in a world of hurt on a lot of levels right now, depending on what ages we are. And then you bring in the personal experience with all of us, what we're going through, you know, two income, you know, families working, it's just different. Um, but the parents or the grown-ups in the room really need to understand a lot of this information before they could look and, you know, at their kids and say, hey, negative, positive, neutral, when sometimes, right, partnerships are negative all the time. And I've had this even, you know, the kids are like, well, if you guys are doing this and you're asking us, hmm, some things are a little askew here. So this is why, again, we lead by example. So my kids know, you know, even though I'm certified all over the different places here, I still read, I still research, I still educate. I keep learning from people that are, um, you know a bit ahead of the curve so that there's new information new knowledge new skill sets that come out and i can go to them and say i'm still learning and i'm still growing and they they really appreciate that cuz they know like well my mom isn't just telling me what to do she's actually learning how to do things for herself for my dad and for us as a family unit so i think it's important to you know really, again, take accountability for where we are in our lives to the best of our ability, why we as adults are going through some life changes while we're raising these kids and also let them know, like, we're, we're learning along the, along this pathway too, but there's just some things that are better structured in place, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I tell my kids like all the time, like I'm learning too, this is a new, you know, I'm done, like Left the marriage, you know, in my divorce. And then I, you know, I'm telling them this is all new for me too. And I'm not going to know everything. I can't predict it. We'll work through it together. But also knowing and being conscious about your situation. If you are living in a negative, 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 and you're trying to preach positivity, it's practice what you preach because kids specifically watch what you do and we'll know what that is so for me personally that was a really big factor for me is if I am their environment or I'm a part of it and that's my control to a point can't control the other person but I can control what I can control then I needed to make the change and the decision to flip the script, change it up because I don't want them to know that that's normal and that be their normal because they're only going to experience bits and pieces from their friends or if they're at a house, but when they're living in your home, like that's what they know. And so if you want to practice what you preach or you need to practice what you preach because it's very contradictory and then they don't, they don't understand and it's confusing and what will end up happening is just, just like, well, you do it. So why should I, or you're saying to value yourself, but you're not val- you, you value me and what people say, but you don't do that. So how am I supposed to teach my daughter how to be respected and know where to draw boundaries? If she's seeing or hearing exactly. me, do it? then it's completely very like, maybe that's what boundaries look like, but it's not. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So and there's there's an energy component to all this. And you know, I love neuroenergy. It's just kind of what I'm I'm known for, like around the globe when I talk about the science of empowerment, because it really is an energetic. I'm gonna use the word construct, it's a framework. Kids feel energy. They may not know what it is, but they know happy. They know sad. They know safety. They know peace. They know resolve. They may, again, not have the wording, but they can feel it. So, so much a part of how we move our bodies and our mind and how we express that There's a resonation, there's a vibration to it in the home, in the school, in, you know, your church, in politics, and certainly around the world. And this is so important for me when people really start to understand that the way I think actually has impact on you and the way you think has impact on me. And I write about this in the book about redesigning the architecture of thought. And being a designer, right? Creating your own blueprint of being aware of what am I thinking? What's the energy of that thought? Most of us think more negative, than positive thoughts on a daily basis. And that's what settles in, right? We have migraines and backaches or we're overweight or we're miserable or we're unhappy and we're depressed. We overeat. All of these things come into play because our thinking is either being ignored we're not accountable to the thought or we feel somewhat victimized within that thinking. And I was talking to someone the other day about this, how um, what an experiment would be for a mom carrying the baby in the womb to speak words from the science of empowerment. And the minute the baby comes out and all the way through, like say up to, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years of their life, what would that be like if you actually resonated in a neutral to positive environment within yourself and then what you created out, what would that human then look like? Where Mm -hmm. it was not affected by negativity. It had observance to it. It watched it, but it didn't let it have causation on it. Because we really do become these walking algorithms of someone else's thinking. Our parents, of course, and our great-grandparents, and then all of leadership around again school church politics right. you know all the rules and the laws within the human condition and we become what we're told we become what we see so again it for me it, as a parent um it it became very clear that i have a lot of influence over these human beings and how can i at least do my best to direct them into knowing that they own the power seat of choice. It's up to you. Now that doesn't mean you use that for bad and you do not build this egoic mindset and become a narcissistic, mean, bullying person. It means you use that awareness to do good in the world, to have positive effect on the global family. And you know, it took my daughter a while to understand one of them that what you do here reverberates across the globe it just does and there i go again if you do not understand atoms and neutrons and you don't understand cellular network or any of the new sciences we still know what our world is reflecting right now we see it we know that we're not all very peaceful and happy and cohesive that there's you know there's a lot of um fracturing going on how do we mend that and this was my way, my book, my coaching, my way of offering it into the world of what I felt I could do to at least try to elevate the present condition.
0: Absolutely. And that's what this book is doing for, for lots of people. And you also do a lot of speaking engagements. And so if the listeners are uh, wanting a copy of the book or maybe want to find you and follow you or maybe try to find you if you're um, local to them, where, where can they do that?
1: Yep. So just go to www.thescienceofempowerment.com, the website. Uh, right now, the book is exclusively purchased, I uh, hand sign, I hand mail, um, all of those books. But in about three weeks, uh, of course, we launch on Amazon and out to the whole world it goes. Um, but you can reach me, my business number. I, people call me from all over the world with um, really cool uh, aspect of the book is um, I call them champagne bubbles. They're these pullouts, these power quotes, and they're all over the book and people just love them and they stick them all over different places and I get text messages and emails and you know, how husbands and wives are healing. I get kids that were depressed and eating disorders. And, you know, it's really, really remarkable what's going on when you start to bring that awareness to each individual that you can think for yourself, you can make choices for yourself and it really will have a positive impact Um, My daughter, when she was young, went through a bit of a bullying um, experience one day. And for the first week of school, I left her alone, but I could tell every day she wasn't coming home the way you want your kids to come home, happy and excited about school. And I said, okay, we're done. What's going on? And she said, well, this boy has not been very nice to me. I said, okay, no problem. I took her by the hand. I grabbed the keys. We started to go walk out the door. I said, well, you know, go talk to the principal. She said, well, actually, he lives in our neighborhood, mom. I said, oh, even better. So we took a little stroll. And um, it took us about two hours before little Mr. Anthony finally um, calmed himself down and came out. And I applied the formula to him. And I explained to him that you are in a power position as a young man to learn how to honor and have grace around women. And we had this whole discussion and his mom was at work, but his grandmother was there and in full transparency, she um, was a Harley Davidson girl loaded with tattoos, grandma, super cool. And she understood and we worked as a community, the four of us into getting these two young kids to understand what respect um, looks like. And they became best friends all the way through, um, you know, sixth grade, all the way up through when they graduated high school together. So that's an example of, you know, how, when, when you become willing to make a change and create a change, it doesn't always work perfectly, but when you put the energy into creating something that's good for the collective, I think the universe, understands that or God, however you want to look at it. I think there's, again, a reflection of, I see you trying to create something of value for all. And it begins to have this really beautiful causation um, around. So um, I, 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 you know, I use the formula Every day through business, through my family, um, everywhere I go, I use it. It's always in the back of my mind. I have you know, thousands of readership around the world that use it. Now it's moved into corporate and all kinds of things are happening with that there. But it's again, it's very simple at its uh, at its foundation, five principles, three fields of energy and remind everyone that you can think for yourself, you can create for yourself and you can actually add value
0: and do some good into the world. Amazing. And thank you so much for doing that and um, sharing this information and your book and your story with the listeners. And um, I really do appreciate you being here. And um, I really encourage the listeners to go and pick up a copy and um, check check out Laura on uh, her website. All the information will be in the show notes. And um, thank you for, for being here. And Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's always, it's always great to have such a positive force on, on the podcast. So thank thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Go grab uh, a copy of Laura's book and all of the show notes uh, have your links in there and uh, let us know, you know, what you think of it. So until next time, thanks again and catch you on the next. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See you all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.